welcome back to West Bev. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast, where we break down every episode of the 10-season show. Today, we're talking about Season 7, Episode 18, We Interrupt This Program. Mary, what happened this week? First, just a quick little content warning for violence, attempted violence, hostage situations, guns, etc. Please continue at your discretion because we'd rather you be safe than listen to us talk. David talks to Chloe Davis, backup singer, in a low, scratchy voice and helps her record her demo. Val doesn't like that Tom is spending time with Kelly and kind of threatens his job over it, just a little bit. So Tom quits the pee pad, but he does ask Kelly if she's only hanging out with him to bother Valerie. Kelly isn't entirely truthful, but it looks like she and Tom are going to keep hanging out. Arnold Arnold, Samantha Sanders, Claire, and Steve all go on some kind of retreat together, but don't worry, they split the rooms by gender. Not that that stops the attraction that can only be built between people who sing Christmas carols together and whose kids are dating each other. Steve is weirdly okay with this situation, and Claire needs him to please not be. But it's Arnold Arnold who tells Samantha that he can't be with her because he knows his daughter wouldn't approve. Claire, realizing Samantha isn't going to take her dad away from her, changes her mind and says it's fine if they want to date or whatever. I still think it's weird. What's weird is when Steve calls her sister. Ooh, yeah. Like, quickest way to turn things off, call me a sibling. (laughs) Yeah, he calls her sister, and he made a comment. He was like, what, do I not think it's weird our parents have sex? No, I want us to be having sex at that age. Which is such a Steve line. (laughs) But he said, our parents. (laughs) Yeah. Ours, yours and mine, together, ours. (laughs) And that's really all I have to say about that. All I really have to say about all the things that Mary just told us that happened is that, like, how obvious is it that we're about to have another, like, David falls for a musician and cheats on Donna, or if he doesn't cheat on Donna, he gets as close to cheating as you possibly could and Donna finds out and is mad, and David reacts poorly, and they break up anyway. Okay, I lied. I also want to talk about the fact that David apparently has a whole music studio in his house. Mark's house. <laughs> the The Hills house. The, Hill, the Hollywood Hills house. But yeah, I mean, that woman is totally just there to be in between the two of them. Like, when Donna yeah. calls, she's like, uh, who's this? Mm-hmm. And, like, like, Donna knows better at this point. Like, she knows if a woman answers the phone, she better have, like, she can be sus, and, like, that's fine. I mean, it was all sweet and stuff that David was like, hey, why don't I pick us up dinner and we'll hang out tonight? You know, like, that's a good way to be like, this really isn't anything. My priority is you. But also, she's like, no, I don't need a babysitter, but you can tell she really wants him to come over, and I just felt bad for her. Yeah, she definitely wants him to come over, and I kind of got the feeling when he was like, oh, yeah, I'll pick up, you know, Chinese food, and we'll hang out and watch a movie or whatever he said. Like, I kind of get the feeling they probably did that a lot while she was scared, and he was just there to, like, protect her. And so she was like, no, I don't need that anymore. I want to, like, spend time with you doing normal stuff. Yeah, it's almost like she could clearly tell, because he said as much, that This Chloe person is hanging out with David and doing something that's a shared interest, not that David was obligated to be there because he is her boyfriend and, you know, all that. And so Donna, yeah, to your point, probably wanted to do something that was more interesting and more something that they share together, not just this trauma. Yeah. I mean, she talks about wanting to work on a project, like come up with Mm -hmm. more bits for her weather thing. Which David has always been game for Mm -hmm. but now he's suddenly not because here comes the shiny object dangled right in front of his face that also happens to be his main passion which is music how can she compete with that yeah donna said she didn't want to do music videos or anything anymore and now here comes chloe who can sing and presumably play keyboard i i couldn't tell what was happening in that first scene 
Yeah, I think so. But yeah, it was hard to tell. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to say about the whole retreat thing. I really don't think so. I have a comment about, like, nobody calling the chancellor regarding the other story. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, that's really it. Like, it was just chancellor and Samantha make out in a gazebo and then Claire feels bad. Yeah. Which, like... In comparison to what else happens in the episode, the story, like, is really boring and lame, but I just will say, like, I do understand both sides, you know? It's like, you're like, dude, mm -hmm. I don't, the like, feasibly the only reason Claire doesn't want them to date is because she's currently dating Samantha Sanders' son, mm -hmm. but she does mention, like, she has been the only girl in Arnold Arnold's life for some time now, a, a good long time, and so she, like, doesn't want her dad to be away. But then also Steve mentions, like, well, if you're dating Chancellor Arnold, that means you're around more. And I want you to be around because I never see you. And that was kind of sweet that he was like, well, no, I want this to continue because, like, you're here. And it was nice for Samantha to be like, I'm really sorry. Like, I didn't realize that you wanted me around so much. And but I will be. And so that was kind of cute. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely like laying some sort of groundwork for a potential one big happy family that mm -hmm. will make really weird for Steve and Claire to keep dating because this isn't Riverdale. <laughs> yeah. True. But yeah, I mean, it felt more like just some sort of plot progression to be like, oh, remember when Samantha and Arnold Arnold got real close at Christmas? Well, mm -hmm. a little over a month later, they're still pretty close. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And then like the David thing, it seems pretty clear that's setting something up. And then we had the Tom, Val, and Kelly triangle-ish thing, which, I don't know. I mean, I think I really like Tom. <laughs> yeah, he's like, <sighs> I'm trying to remember what we said about him early on, and I want to say, like, we kind of said he was wet blankety because he didn't really say much. And then also he was very noncommittal to everything. He's like, it's fine. Don't worry about it. It's yes. fine. <laughs> but now that he's like talking more and coming out of his shell a little bit, you can see he's a very like smirky boy, you know, like <laughs> his main facial expression is just a smirk. And I kind of love that. He reminds me of if Justin Bobby had a personality. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, like, he has, like, weirdly somehow been integrated into this group, even though Brandon and David did not like him. No. Not at all. But I just, he doesn't put up with anyone's shit, and I love it. Like, he goes to see Val at work and is like, hey, let's go for a walk. And she's pissy with him and is like, you didn't do your work. It has nothing to do with Kelly. I promise it doesn't. But I think you might be fired. And so his reaction is to be like, okay, whatever, girl. Like, you think whatever you want to think. I'm out of here. And then, like, it's a power move because he rubs her head. I know. He's like, okay, bye. And listeners, you don't see this, but I literally just, like, patted my own head. And walks out. And when Valerie's like, look, I'm sorry. Like, you, you're good at your job. I want you to say. He's like, nah, I quit. Like, just, no. <laughs> and then he basically does the same thing to Kelly after their date. She's like, oh, you want to come in? He's like, we're going to talk about something first. And he mm -hmm. asks, he's like, you're you're not just dating me because of Val, right? Like, he's very straightforward with her. And then I think she, like, goes to kiss him and is like, does that answer your question? And he says no. He's like, no. <laughs> like, you just... You just kissed me like that. Those weren't words. <laughs> I literally wrote it in my note while she was kissing him. I was like, that's not an answer. And then he was like, that wasn't an answer. Yeah. <laughs> and like gets her to admit like, well, I don't like her, obviously. But that's not why I'm with you. But like he does. She doesn't say why she is, which I mean, the assumption is that she really likes him. Like 
mm-hmm. all that. But still, she's it, it's clearly very hard for her to fully admit that she is partially doing this because she hates Val. I mean, literally in the very beginning of the episode, when Kelly and Tom were like having coffee or whatever, and after he leaves, Donna's even just like, hang on, hang on, hang on. Like, I understand you're like flirting with him and stuff, but like, is it because of Val? Because, you know, he's kind of hers. And she's like, well, at first, but now it's not. And she's like, but is it really worth kind of tearing things up with Val just to just to find out? <laughs> and God, if this rivalry, relationship, sexual tension, I said it, wasn't worth this, this quote made it worth it. Because <laughs> she just like, worth it. Donna, it's icing on the cake. Like, I cannot tell you how wide my smile was when I heard that line. I gotta say, every single moment of Kelly just hating Val in this episode, like last episode when Val parked super close to Kelly's car and Kelly was like, why do you do this? And she was just like, because it's fun. That was Kelly this episode. Mm -hmm. Because there's also, while she's talking to Tom after the date, if you watch her face when he's trying to be serious with her and he's like, look, Val is my friend. She's like smirking. She's like, yeah. Oh, really? Val is your friend? Mm, some friend she is. <laughs> like, Yeah. Well, and he asks her, you know, you're just, you're not using me to try and hurt Val. And she goes, oh, is that what she told you? Yeah. Like immediately. Like that's the thing. And, and last episode when Valerie was like, you know, I hate her. <laughs> like everything revolves around each other for them to like sure sure tom yeah you're cute but val (laughs) i cannot wait for the payoff when tom is just like you're both bananas clearly in love with each other i'm stepping out i'm gonna go back to buffalo see y'all later like can you imagine if this show was airing in 2022 they would have hooked up already like <laughs> absolutely it, it would be an angry hookup like in closets or hotel rooms or something of like I hate you I hate you more shut up like y- yes yeah. <laughs> it'd be that like very like tensiony like push up against the wall like yeah we don't have time for anything except like ripping our clothes off being angry getting it all out and then being like I hope you make all red lights on your way home yeah, it's like they're done, and one says, like, you know I still hate you, right? And the other's like, me too. <laughs> Who needs fan fiction? We've got podcast fiction. <laughs> I'm telling you, just, like, write like uh, write down all the words that we say. You got popular fan fiction right there. Like, Take it and just, run with it. Yeah. There Who has to be. Like, they're, yeah, we do. Well, they, we really do. Like, who could parse whatever we're saying half the time? <laughs> the amount of times that I say the word like. But seriously, though, there has to be fan fiction for Kelly and Val out there. There has to be. And I know you guys are, like, Googling this as I say it. <laughs> I am. Okay, the downside is there's also, I think, some dancers on Dancing with the Stars named Kelly and Val, and they really take over. Oh, yeah, the oh. top answer when I say Kelly and Val fanfic is Forbidden Romance. It's season 16 of Dancing with the Stars. Well, I know the dancer was Val, but Ke- who was Kelly? Kelly Monaco. That sounds familiar. Oh, yeah. They were so good together. <laughs> I only watched certain seasons of that show. Yeah, apparently Dancing with the Stars fanfic is more popular in my Google search results than 90210 fanfic. So I'm going to stop because... Frankly, well, we all know how good my Google searching is. Well, and let's be real. Like, Dancing with the Stars is the show that's still on. I don't think Val's on the show anymore, but it's more relevant these days. Yeah. But Valerie Malone, still on 90210. And yet to be seen how Tom will react to exactly what he learned today between Val mm-hmm. and Kelly. I will say... After that conversation with Kelly, he had already agreed to go inside her apartment before the conversation. After, he just leaves. True. Very true. He also tells Kelly that he quit his job. 
And she was probably like, honestly, a little disappointed because then Tom is now less visible to Val, but that is yet to be seen. It's very true. Mary, what else you got? Sorry, I was just typing information to you on Zencaster. Um, there is not a single fic on AO3 with Valerie in it. That That's seems a crime. wrong. There's only 63. Like, there's only 63 stories in this uh, thing, and a lot of them are about the reboot. Okay, well... The first thing I found when I searched Valerie Malone fanfiction is from fanfiction.net. It is a Angel and Beverly Hills crossover. Well, that sounds fun. Valerie Malone returns as a vampire. Yeah, she does. Well, that's fun. Didn't fanfiction.net like precede? AO3 or whatever. Yeah, fanfiction.net has been around for, God, forever. Moons. Maybe so I wonder long. if it's there. Like, I wonder if you went there and searched for oh, yeah. it would be there. There's probably some out there somewhere. Um, AO3 tends to, like, go out and, like, reach out and grab all of the fanfiction everywhere and oh. archive it. So maybe there will be more someday. I mean, that's what I'm just thinking, like, maybe Beverly Hills just, like, predates fan fiction, and it's on us to write it. (laughs) And by us, I mean Mary. Yeah, I'm going to have to. I still need to write that Brandon Dillon fake. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. We have to focus. Mary, what else happens this week? Donna apparently hasn't listened to her phone messages because now that Slan has left town, everything's fine. She's back at home at the beach house and she's even going back to campus TV to do weather fashion. Camera guy and obvious misdirect Rusty is mad about that because police questioned him about what was happening to Donna. He yells about it and quits, while other camera guy Evan, the guy who obviously did it, comforts Donna with a lingering shoulder touch and intense eye contact. Unfortunately, a comforting hug escalates to weird hovering, a makeup recommendation, and Evan holding the entire station crew at gunpoint so he can make Donna say she loves him on air while the whole campus is watching. So, like, this storyline, you know, starts off with them in that CUTV staff meeting talking about Donna coming back and just, like, very casual conversation. You know, like Mary said, Donna thinks that all of this is over. She's totally fine. And then Rusty comes in like super hot. He is already ready to fight because apparently the cops came to his dorm, which do we ever find out who actually called them? Was it Brandon? I would have to think so. I mean, because we knew about the complaint from last episode, but that was directly related to Garrett Slan, not mm-hmm. related to anything else. So the only thing I can think of is that they realized or, but no, like that part doesn't make any sense because like Mary said, um, Donna never listened to her voicemails. So yeah. there was no inkling in her mind that it could be anyone but Garrett Slan because she's like, it's over. So Clearly, someone else, in order to make this make sense, would have had to been like, no, I don't think it's him. I'm going to call the police and have them check out everybody else that was in contact with Donna. Like, that's the only way it would work. Yeah. My only guess is that Evan was not aware of everything that was happening because Donna wasn't at the station and he tried to lead people in the wrong direction. But nobody ever acknowledges that that might have happened right it was like the only thing the only way to get rusty out of this which now that i'm thinking about it they totally could have kept rusty in here yeah like it actually would have made more sense to keep him here and be appalled shocked surprised whatever at evan's behavior 
you know, and be like, well, those were just jokes or, you know, like something where he's shown to be harmless, although his language was bad. But they decide to make him really, really angry. And I don't like that. But I mean, even make him really angry and then like go take a walk and come back and be like, look, I'm sorry. I was out of line. I, you know, I got it all out and like still be that, you know, dickhead from before. Sure. But like, I don't know, maybe, yeah, when everything starts happening later, he could be like, I would never go this far. Yeah. Like, exactly. I mean, show the different shades of like what could be wrong. For sure. Cause like, literally, when he gets mad and he's yelling at Brandon and accusing Brandon of feeling superior to everyone and like he hopes he and Donna rot in hell. Later in the episode, we we still don't have a visual of the face of the person who ends up being Evan. And but you hear him say, you bitch or something like that. Mm hmm. And I thought the voice was at uh, Rusty's. So like. I don't know why they would use the voice. As well as like show the gun being loaded if they weren't attempting to make Rusty the person, like, otherwise just don't use a voice. Just show the scene with no voice, just the TV on and loading of the gun and go on. Because, like, that's what kind of got me, too, was, like, they were trying to get this misdirect so far into this episode where they could have, they didn't need that at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I agree with you. That's where it feels like we pushed it so far and then there was no payoff with Rusty. He just, yes. he gets mad and yells at Brandon. Brandon honestly kind of takes it a little lightly for like someone mm -hmm. being that angry at him. He's like, I think I've earned the right to be called Mr. You Bastard. Mm -hmm. And then when he tells Brandon to rot in hell, Tracy's just like, oh, is that a threat? Not like, we need to call someone that was a threat. Yeah, exactly. And like, and then he's even aggressive later when... Evan gets to be the quote-unquote hero and is like, hey, I think you should leave. And he just does. But um, obviously he's still really angry, but he just, he leaves. So, yeah. I, I just did not understand the purpose of Rusty in this episode. I didn't either. I mean, I feel like it was just to be a misdirect up to this point and then to get Evan a reason to comfort Donna, which looked sure. so awkward. Oh, gosh. Yeah. But, like, I almost feel like it would have been more interesting to just have them have a regular day at CU TV. Nothing's going on. Donna feels like she's ready to get back to things. Then you see the scene with the person watching Donna's tape again, loading the gun, mm -hmm. no voiceover. And then maybe Evan's, like, super happy that Donna's back. So he goes to give her a hug, and she hugs him back, and that's what, like, really sets it ticking and then all of a sudden, you know, snap, 180. It's terrifying. Right. Because it doesn't quite get terrifying until the physical contact is made. And I feel like that was the right move, right? You don't you don't flip the switch on somebody that the audience is supposed to see as good and see them go to bad. You don't flip it until there's a reason to. And I feel like they chose the right moment here. It just everything leading up to it in terms of finding out who it was felt really, really clunky. Yeah, because truly, after that moment when you have the physical contact and then you have, you know, Evan turning from nice guy to super creepy and, like, Donna finally catches on. Yeah. That – I honestly really liked how they did that where, like, he he comes over to her. He gets, like, really too up in her personal space and he's like, you know, when you're on camera, I feel like you're the only one that's talking to me. Mm-hmm. And then I think it's, like – when he gives her the lipstick and is like, you should wear this. She's like, I think I'm in danger. Yeah. She's like, um, okay. You know, almost kind of like, what? That's a weird thing to say. And then he kisses her. He kisses her on the cheek and she's like, whoa, 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 whoa. And she straight up is like, you're making me uncomfortable. Um, and then full switch, right? He admits to being her stalker. He, admits to calling her on the phone, leaving the rat in the bed. Um, the I think he calls them the sterling silver roses. 
and she's that go like with her eyes. Yeah, and she's like completely in shock. And almost to the point of shock where she's denying it. She's like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, no, that stopped. Because in her mind, she is convinced that it was Garrett's land. There's no way it could be Evan. And yeah, and now we've gone full other side. And yeah, Evan, this is the point of no return. Honestly, like, it was... I think, like, the first truly scary moment is, yeah, he's talking about all this stuff and then Brandon comes in and Donna runs behind him and is like, it's him. It's Evan. And Evan just goes, whatever she told you, she's a liar. Yeah. Like, that scared me. I was just like, oh, my God. Like, obviously, Brandon is not going to believe that because he's the Brandon sure. that we all know and now love. Mm-hmm. But the idea that this guy thought he could get away with that, like, he is so detached from humanity that he was just like, She's a liar. I didn't do anything to her. Yep. And when Brandon, and, like, because obviously Brandon and Donna are best friends, like, he's like, oh, my gosh. And he immediately goes to call campus security. But then when Evan pulls out a gun, then he starts making these demands, right? Like, getting everyone to lay on the ground. And this includes, um, from main cast, Brandon, Donna, Tracy, and then includes other folks that are at the news station at the time. Um, mm-hmm. it, it was just an incredibly traumatizing moment in television, right? Like anytime you see something like this, especially these days, it just, mm-hmm. it hits. It just, it hits. Yeah, I I was actually thinking about this. I didn't look it up, but like there's that episode of Buffy where – the guy comes to school with a gun and it's to use on himself, not on the school, but they Mm -hmm. ended up having to like delay the episode into another season because of what was happening in real life. Like, I wonder Mm -hmm. if that kind of thing, they may have like predated everything that's going on in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think probably it did. Um, I know same thing happened for One Tree Hill, they had a, mm-hmm. unfortunately, a school shooting episode that um, this was the first time they ever did, not in television in general, just for the show, but like a trigger warning in the beginning and then almost like a like a PSA at the very end of it with the actors who were involved and things like that. And so, yeah, if, if you were just an unsuspecting person just watching this show, you had no idea it was coming. And obviously... Things are different now than they were then, mm-hmm. but it, it's just kind of like, we didn't know, like, to be fair, and, and granted, I I knew it was coming because I've seen this before, but like for you guys, you didn't know this was coming, like this far, right? You knew something yeah. was coming. There was going to be an altercation of some point, of some type, but not this. You didn't know this. So it's tough. Well, and what's wild that I just thought of, this is the third time that a main cast member has had a gun turned on them. Fourth time. This is the fourth time. Because you have Brenda in the Peach Pit robbery. You have Dylan mm-hmm. getting carjacked. You have Tara mm-hmm. kidnapping Kelly. And now you have uh, Evan and Donna. Yep. And Val in Mexico. And Val in Mexico. Oh, my gosh. Beverly Hills and is And let's also talk about the fact that Dylan owned a gun. And almost shot Brandon when Brandon broke into his house for the painting. Mm-hmm. I will say when Evan, like, makes Donna go lock the doors and she comes running back, I don't know if y'all, like, clocked it, but she grabs Tracy's hand and they're, like, holding hands right before they go to get on the ground and then Tracy's, like, behind Brandon holding him. I, I did notice just, Tracy like, with Brandon, but not Donna. Wow. Yeah, Donna comes up and, like, full fingers interlocking. I was just like, oh, my God. That Ugh. is, like, that is an emotional, like, physical connection that they just needed. Yeah. I mean, yeah. No, absolutely. But that honestly ends really fast because, you know, Evan makes everybody get on the ground, like, full hostage situation stance, except for main cast members because – he wants everyone to know what he's been seeing. He's got something to say. 
So he makes Donna get up to the anchor's table thing, anchor's desk. And then Tracy's going to run the camera and Brandon's going to run the control uh, room. operating control room. Thank you. Yeah. It was really smart of Brandon to like immediately put 911 on the phone and not, you know, put the receiver up to his ear and just like mm. have it listen. Um, because even though obviously it's 1997, it's not as technologically advanced as it is today. It still gives you not, like, you know, the phone number that's coming from so you can trace the address like you can figure this out. And mm-hmm. the operator on the other end can at least get an idea of what's going on. I think even at one point, maybe not at this point, but another point, Brandon says the word hostages. So you know yeah. that's like a buzzword for that um, dispatcher operator, whoever, to hear and know that this is a serious thing. Yeah. She was like clocking everything he was saying. The only thing he didn't get to get out was CUTV. Right. Like if he had somehow been able to say like just those letters, it might have taken her a minute to put it together because if I just walked up to you on the street and said, see you TV as hostages, you'd be like, I yeah. don't know what you're talking about. Right, exactly. But unfortunately, Evan manages to clock it pretty fast and gets mm-hmm. him to hang up the phone. I was upset when Evan yeah. saw it. I was scared. I was scared. It's like it was so close. They were so close and then nothing. But Honestly, thankfully, once again, Evan is completely detached from humanity and demanded that they broadcast him airing his grievances to Donna. Right, exactly. Which leads Kelly, while she's at the student union, to see the broadcast. And I I know this is like for dramatic effect, but I literally typed out in all caps in my notes, Kelly, call the police. And it like cuts back and forth a couple times and I'm like Kelly call the police like do it now and stop watching just call the police and right. we can assume that she does because we know they we do show them up out later yeah but I'm yeah, just like pres- no stop watching <laughs> presumably somebody gets to a phone real fast including Kelly with her cell phone but yeah we keep jumping to the student union where they're all watching and Kelly's like you know on the phone later with other people trying to reach people I'm just like Show us saying someone call 911. Like, yeah, exactly. Give me the payoff. But we get we get to watch Evan pull out like this little notebook that he keeps with him of all of the notes of all of the times that he saw something that Donna did. Every single interaction was turned into something misconstrued, right? Something that wasn't there. He says, on 115, she winked at me. On 125, oh, and he makes Donna read all of this out. Mm -hmm. Like, this is what you did and you're going to acknowledge it. On 125, he says, Donna's a virgin. I think it's so romantic. She's only going to give herself to one man the way she looks at me through the camera, I know that I'm the one. Like that broke that. I I think that is what broke me in this episode was just, we know the gravity of that situation for Donna. We know the thought and the care that has gone into that decision for her and to just have it broadcasted literally in front of the entire student, you know, whoever's watching it, whoever has access to this channel at this particular time is just god it's so heartbreaking because you can tell that there there's still there's so many layers there there's a level of shame that she probably carries around there's a level of privacy that she's now losing mm-hmm. um it, it's just god it's so heartbreaking yeah i mean imagine having to broadcast to your entire school or you know company like people that you see every day what your sex life is. Exactly. And like it just keeps getting used against her. Like you saw her face just break. I mean, she pauses. She has such a hard time getting this out. Yeah. And it's 
it's honestly a lot of back and forth. Um, they The police do end up coming. There's like a whole SWAT team. There's a hostage negotiator, everything. Uh, this detective shows up. They're trying to find a way in the building, and they want to turn the AC off because they think if they can make it really hot in there that Evan is going to get desperate and want to make a deal. Mm-hmm. And the detective manages to call Brandon back in the control room while Evan is out in the newsroom just forcing Donna to say, I love you, like she means it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't even write down like the stuff that he made her say. It just I just wasn't about to do that. It just But it's just it got <sighs> I think what got me was like Tori Spelling looks so scared and like does it so well and the way that she acts when she's like I love you and then he's like no you have to say it like you mean it and she can turn to him and be like I love you Mm -hmm. but it's just like it's that and it's like you just wonder what was going on behind the scenes too like maybe I'm thinking about this from a different lens right now because I was just listening to an episode of another podcast about another TV show and they were talking about some bad negative stuff that was going on behind the scenes of like some manipulation from the showrunner, from their bosses, like bad treatment from power and things like that. And not just bad treatment, but then modeling it in the show, right? Like using direct quotes or things that happened in arguments into this. And so I would just really hate to find out that any of this at all, whether it was from Donna's choice of um, abstaining from sex until marriage to the kind of language used to describe women, not just by men, but also women um, of women by other women, you would just really hate to hear if anything like this happened, like behind the scenes, right? If anybody at especially a a higher level, is Evan. Not to the extreme, but it's a chicken or the egg thing, you know? Like, you don't know if we're showing this on television because it happens in real life and we're trying to show the wrong side of it, or we're showing this and giving, opening the door for people to see this and think that that's valid, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that just, like, especially the scene and that's why I didn't repeat any of the quotes because it just sat with me in in kind of a conflicting way Mm -hmm. yeah I mean like you said like the chicken and the egg thing you know there's quotes that say like art imitates life but then you see so many times that you know people blame metal music for satanism or mm-hmm. violence in video games for violence in real life like it's that exact same thing it's which one caused which and which one are we presenting but like right and you have to think that after they ended filming these scenes that it takes a minute to like come down from the high emotions and the high stress of what you've just been doing and like mm-hmm. get yourself back to normal to go home at the end of the day yeah Exactly. Exactly. And it, yeah, it's just a lot. It's a lot. Like, this whole time, you know, Donna's got this, like, she's crying, she's shaking, she's upset. Evan is just getting mad. And you just watch, like, Brandon and Tracy are trying to be, like, as as flat as possible while, like, they don't want to upset him, but they really need to you know, Brandon needs to make some attempt to talk him down. Mm-hmm. Wild to me that Brandon picks up the phone from the detective and the detective is like, you're going to speak for me if he won't talk to me. Like, I don't think you should do that. Yeah, seriously. I mean, yeah. it. He eventually, like, puts him on the loudspeaker or whatever. But mm-hmm. yeah, like, this is kind of up to Brandon to facilitate this at this point. The, like, what I'll say in terms of story, what I did kind of like is that, or not like, that's a weird word to say in this, but mm-hmm. when 
the cops like bring drinks in for everybody. First of all, I thought that was weird. I was like, would that happen? I mean, I have no experience in this, so I have no idea. If so, that's like an interesting, you know, entry point, right? Because then Mm -hmm. I'm like, why would Evan ever agree to that? And the only reason I can think of is that he's still a human being and it's hot in there, you know? Um, But when that happens, another girl rushes up from the floor, runs to a phone and tries to tell the police that they need help, right? And it's only because of that that the cop that like two cops can sneak in and get and I'm like, "Well, what was the plan if that girl never did that?" Right? I know. I was so stressed that whole time. Like my notes are like, "Ma'am, you need to sit down so you don't get hurt." Exactly. Cuz like Evan even says like if anything happens when y'all are at the door with the with the drinks, I'm going to start shooting. And yeah. then this like hostage stands up and like starts running like she gets to the phone so fast but she's like you said distracting enough that two cops come in but then again brandon has to facilitate getting them into the control room so they can hide exactly exactly i guess they at least once this happens the police kind of this opens the door for po- the police to be like Evan you got to let everybody else go like you got to mm-hmm. let them go she, he i think he at this point he even tries to get him to let Donna go but yeah. that doesn't happen um every, he does let everyone go but Tracy Brandon and Donna yeah yeah cuz they ask him to let Donna go and he's like no she's my girlfriend we're in love she's not mm-hmm. gonna go anywhere which I did think it was interesting that the cop was like, okay, you know, put the gun down. Let her decide because if she's your girlfriend, then we don't have a kidnapping problem here. Yeah, that was so interesting to me. Like, I didn't think about that, which I don't know why I would, but the prove it, you know, like the prove it to me kind of Mm -hmm. interesting take on the situation. I don't even think it was that risky. You know, like sometimes I feel like the these negotiations can can be very high risk or, or 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 you know high reward kind of situation, but that actually seemed like an interesting tactic. Well, and yeah, you saying the prove it kind of makes me wonder if them doing that kind of made Donna think later that she could turn it around on Evan. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like. Hers, I feel like hers was a little higher risk than his was, than the detective's was. For sure, for sure. But I bet that at least had something to do with it of like, I can get us out of this because there is mm-hmm. something that he wants and I can make it happen. Absolutely. I mean, he's like, he's even asking for a car. And at this point, viewers are seeing these two um, police officers in like full armor, big guns. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how does he not see the cop? And then literally two seconds later, he does. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is way too stressful. I was I honestly I was dying because like, yeah, he starts screaming about the cops being there. They have to like back out of the room. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he's talking to Donna this whole time and, you know, she's hot. She's tired. She's had a gun pointed at her for goodness knows how long and she snaps at it like she's like I don't want to go anywhere with you it's over don't do this we're not going to Brazil like you said earlier this part (laughs) for Donna is extremely risky Mm -hmm. because she even says like put down the gun and be a man and I was like I thought about that in two different ways right it was the high risk but it was also perhaps commentary on the situation like to be heard you don't need physical violence right we don't Mm -hmm. need gun violence to be heard you do not need this if you want it like i the fact that donna was like you never even gave me a chance to like you exactly you just assumed that i owed you this that i i belong to you because we had positive interactions and i was nice to you but if you would have given me a chance who knows what would have happened and then it's like, yeah, like you're a creeper for doing this and get the gun out of my face, basically. 
Yeah. And Evan freaks out by this. Like, he doesn't take this well. He actually points the gun at Tracy, Mm -hmm. but then tells her that she can leave. Like, he has decided, like, it's only Donna. I just got to get Donna. But Brandon won't leave because he won't leave Donna alone. Yeah. Which, like, that's terrifying. And honestly, like, you know, we always talk about White Knight Brandon not necessarily in a positive light, but I this I like where he's just like, no, I can't leave her alone. Like, she might not need me, but another body being in this room is going to make this go differently than if I was gone. I also wonder if he was like, the last time I wasn't there for somebody I really cared about, they got really hurt, i.e. Kelly with the fire. Absolutely. I mean, you know, Brandon's the kind of guy that thinks about the decisions that he's made in his life. Like, mm-hmm. he has to do the right thing and when he doesn't like with Kelly which he didn't know that that was going to happen but sure. he chose to spend the time with an ex-girlfriend instead of his current girlfriend like yeah, yeah he's probably thinking like I have to be where I'm supposed to be and I'm supposed to be here yeah 100 percent. and like oh my gosh that like last scene where Evan goes and sits down and he tells Donna to come sit with him and she just like this is when she really puts it on him and is like I didn't think that you could do all of this and it makes me think that things could work out between us and you know I've never been to South America yeah Evan even asks about David and she's like everybody knows that I care about you not him and even gets Brandon like to you know reinforce that right mm-hmm. oh and then oh my gosh when he says kiss me and she's like not with a gun pointed in my face and then she does it with tongue like the most we've ever seen on this show I was yeah, like, like whoa her and David are like little pecks half the time like when they're just like okay bye peck like this was a lot and I was just like physically uncomfortable thinking of how disgusting this man is to me let alone to Donna it yeah that yeah that I I, I'm speechless about it I I mean it's it's one of those things of like you don't know how strong you are until you have to be and she did a thing that I genuinely don't think I could do oh 100 percent yeah I mean Oh, my God. I mean, because all of it is just a ploy, right? Obviously, it's like the dedication and the commitment to the act, I guess, is what you could call it. Because then literally, like, she kind of, like, sees out of the corner of her eye that, oh, the gun's on the floor. I'm going to kick it away. And the adrenaline that must have been pumping through her body would be insane. Yeah, because she kicks it away and then she, like, kind of trips Evan when he dives for it. Like... Mm-hmm. Brandon, you know, like jumps on this moment. He like tries to tackle Evan and like help out. But really, I feel like Donna did it all. Like she kicks the gun away. She trips Evan. She grabs it. And then when he tells her, he's like, you couldn't do it. And she's like, oh, I could. Yeah. She's basically like, try me. And like, you know. Brandon had to be there. She couldn't have done it without Brandon, but she saves herself. Oh, 100%. I think the only difference, like, what Brandon did was basically just redirect Evan, right? Mm -hmm. Like, because Donna for sure kicks the gun out of the way and trips trips him. And then luckily, Brandon was there to, like, redirect the way that he was falling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, Brandon, you know, does the whole Valentine's Day thing and, you know, he makes all these comments earlier trying to get Evan to calm down that don't really work. Like, Brandon had to be there. Mm-hmm. But I loved that truly Donna saved herself. 100%. I do too. I just can't believe this is how the episode ends. Like, the police come Cannot in, grab believe. him, cough him, all that stuff. But then it just ends. Like, I slacked you guys earlier and I was just like, Good Lord, how this episode ends. And you guys probably were just, or at least Ariel, because I don't think you've watched it yet. You're just like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Like, what could this be? And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, no, it just ends. 
there's no resolution basically yeah i think i had watched maybe like 10 minutes of the episode by the time you had messaged that and i was like i can think of 50 different ways that this ends and this is not what i picked same yeah just wow like i cannot even imagine what we're gonna get next episode i mean we're gonna get a valentine's day party oh no i hope he wasn't serious i think he's very serious unfortunately but like what i'm very interested about like particularly with this Mm -hmm. is you know everything that was happening to donna at this point like david just wasn't there and she's gonna find out after the fact that david wasn't there and this is what I slacked y'all about. Like, this feels like another Brandon wasn't with Kelly during the fire. Like, what right. if Donna holds this against him very specifically because he was with Chloe? To be and honest with you, I think it would be fair. Exactly. And, you know, who knows if Donna's ever going to find out that Kelly was calling David and he wasn't answering. Sure. But, yeah. But Kelly's going to know. David's going to know. Chloe's gonna know Mm -hmm. and honestly I feel like if those people know Brandon's gonna find out which means then Tracy's gonna find out and Tracy's gonna accidentally say it to somebody else because she word vomits Val and then Val doesn't give a shit about anybody so she's just gonna tell Donna (laughs) and so everyone's gonna know exactly but god I yeah this was a doozy of an episode and I just, my heart hurts for these girls. Yeah. Like. I know. Donna literally, like, her attempted rapist gets out of jail, stalks her, gives her all this cryptic, like, your problems are just starting, but mine are over, punches her boyfriend, leaves town. She finally feels like she's safe because she doesn't check her messages or she changed her phone number or the locks on the doors are finally working, and then this. She essentially had two stalkers at one time. At one time. Literally, because she was scared about Slan following her around everywhere while Evan's leaving Mm -hmm. rats in her bed. Yep. She's not safe anywhere. She should have moved to New England with Joe. Seriously, she should have become a down-home, I don't know why I'm getting Southern, because this is Pennsylvania- but it should have been a football wife. Like, Tammy Taylor did just fine. I'll just say that. <laughs> she's a rural Pennsylvania football wife. True. So, so she's an Amish I mean, football wife. <laughs> we can have the accent. True. True. Gosh. I'd love if she was Amish for an episode. And then just have her flourish into Tammy. Listen, Tammy Taylor, we'll get to Friday Night Lights at some point in our, our watch here. But Tammy Taylor is her own hero, and Donna Martin can be her own hero and is her own hero as well. Yeah, I mean, truly, I think the only reason she's not Tammy Taylor is because she needed to figure out what she wanted. Yeah, that's fair. And Coach's wife knew from the get-go. It's the only difference. (laughs) And I hate that it turned out this way for Donna, but maybe it's not too late. Yeah. So, yeah, it feels weird to ask if we have quotes of the week and moments of the week. I mean, do y'all? I mean, I do, but I already said it, right? It's the Val, Kelly, Donna thing of icing on the cake. Like that, I already said it, so we're good there. <laughs> what about you, Mary? Um, I do have quotes that I wanted to call out just because kind of want to end on a light note a little bit. <laughs> Love it. Um, Brandon saying, I do think I've earned the right to be called Mr. You Bastard. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Did love that. Um, yeah. Uh, when Kelly just gives Thomas smooch and says, does that answer your question? And he says, no. It's Tom maybe my favorite character right now. I fell in love <laughs> at that moment. I was like, okay, bland, brown haired, tall boy. <laughs> Um, also, yeah, so moment of the week is when, um, Donna kicked that fucking gun away. Yes. Like, I'd been yelling at her, too, for, like, a minute. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anyway. 
Um, yeah, I thought like the only other quote I wrote down is when Evan was like, you said you wouldn't leave me. And Donna said, I lied. Oh, yeah. Yep. I love that her. Good one. Also, real quick shout out to the story we barely covered of Steve and Claire and their parents when Arnold and Samantha were making out in the gazebo. Because first of all, they're married and therefore I thought that was adorable. Sure. But mm-hmm. Like Claire was uncomfortable and Steve was like, okay, well, as soon as they break, we'll go over and tell them and just like explain where we're coming from. And then they keep making out and he's like, if they break, mom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I got to admit that like, I'm not mad at that storyline because like it it was just kind of ho-hum, you know, but there Mm -hmm. were some little gems. It just obviously didn't fit the flow of the episode, so it's a a little out of place. But in any other episode, we probably would have loved it. Speaking of out of place, did you catch Boomy in that storyline? No, he came to the retreat. He was rooming with Claire and Samantha. (laughs) Oh, oh, Boomy. (laughs) Yeah, they were unpacking, and he was like, Samantha, what you got in that bag down there? Well, she's got a nightie in that bag. Getting a closer look at that sheer, (laughs) yeah, nightie. Don't worry, Claire. He wouldn't do anything you wouldn't approve of. Little does Samantha know it's always dress-up day, so. (laughs) She was like, oh, God, did you teach him dress-up day? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, my goodness. Well, Caitlin, what is next week's episode? Is it Thanksgiving? Please say it's called, or Thanksgiving. (laughs) Is it, val- is it literally called Valentine's Day? Oh, my God. The opportunity they would have had to be like Val hyphen in times. Day. <laughs> but they did Go back in time. They did not. Um, but it is season seven, episode 19, My Funny Valentine. And the episode Didn't aired we- on February 12th, 1997. Didn't we have an episode similar to that that was about Emily Valentine? Maybe. Like, I feel Maybe. like there was another 90210 title about. Um, My Desperate Valentine. Desperate. My Desperate Valentine. What season? Uh, it was when Emily Valentine, um, I think, I think that's the fire episode, is it? Yeah, it would be season two, right? Is that when she showed up? I think it was. I can't believe it was that early. Guys, do you remember when we were only four. on season two? I know. Beach Blanket oh, yeah, Brandon. Season two, episode 16. It took me forever to find that. Yep. Yeah, I'm scrolling through season two and seeing, like, when uh, they went to the cardio class and Brenda cheats on Dylan with that guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's the fire episode for sure. Because yeah. she slashes her own tires. Oh, my yeah. God. What if Emily Valentine came back again and ruined another one of Brandon's relationships by just existing? She didn't ruin uh, Susan and Brandon's, so she can ruin whatever she wants to. <laughs> she comes back again, and Kelly just, like, goes to Susan and, like, she comes back again and goes to Tracy <laughs> and is just like, welcome to the club. Yeah, right? Like, let's, we're bonded now. Oh, my God. But yeah. No, this is definitely the Valentine's Day party that Brandon is totally actually having. Maybe. We'll see if he keeps his word. Yeah, we will. And uh, until then, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at back to Podcast. You can also shoot us over an email with any of your questions, comments, thoughts, or concerns at backtopodcast at gmail.com. That's B-A-C-K-T-O podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to go into your podcast app and rate, review, subscribe, share it with all your friends and family. All that stuff really helps us get seen and build a community, and then we can give y'all a better product. And if you leave us a review in Apple Podcasts, we'll give you a shout out on the show because we really appreciate you. So until next week, from all of us at Back to Podcast, 
I'm Ariel. I'm yeah, Caitlin. I'm Mary. Bye. Bye. See ya.